Welcome to the Liverpoolitan In Conversation podcast, where we talk to somebody interesting about all matters Liverpool. I'm Michael McDonough, and this time I'm talking to Ethan James Carroll about Liverpool's LGBTQ Pride event. Ethan is a student of politics and international relations at London School of Economics, and as revealed in an online conversation with Liverpoolitan this week, something of a sceptic of Pride. Firstly, Ethan, thanks for coming on to chat with us today. Well, thank you for having me on. What makes you sceptical about Pride? So I grew up baptised Catholic, and my family has never been quite conserved on these issues, but I found myself, with the background I had, to not be as open to LGBT ideas in my early life. So when I discovered that I was gay in around secondary school, I think around the time I was 11, 12, it terrified me. Nice. I uh, experienced my first Pride around when I was in year nine, so that would be 2016. And I bought the whole shebang. I, I thought I had to buy you know, a flag. Uh, I bought a T-shirt from Primark uh, yeah. that had Pride on it. And I went to my first event and I left worse off than when I entered trying to find myself because nice. it felt like a corporate conglomerate. And it felt rather alienating as someone who comes from a quite conserved background. I didn't feel accepted at the event. Do you feel like that? I mean, because you're in your early 20s, from what I understand. I mean, I'm in my late 30s. So yeah, I've seen plenty of Pride events. I've been to Manchester's Brighton's, other ones in Europe, London. I, I, I even designed London Pride's logo and branding for a couple of years. So I'm, I'm very really? well, yeah, very, yeah, it was a very fluke job I, I had to do and got a lot of mileage but the easiest task i've ever had for, as a designer but yeah i had the most mileage but anyway you get to see behind the scenes as to how the organizers put it together and everything else so you're right there is a lot of corporate element to it and that's been going on for quite a while especially in cities like manchester where they they charge for entry to certain sections of the event i think they still yeah. do entirely with a fence around which I, I find quite ridiculous really that yes. they charge people to enter an event that's meant to be some kind of like social movement some kind of you know bringing people together and yet you're being charged it's, it's, it's as if Pride is literally a festival. That's what yes, it's treated yes. like. Very much so. And then it's obviously, there's a pile on of corporate organizations who get your Barclays float and your, and your um, I don't know, your local local organization float for this, that, and the other. And you're watching and, and as much as it's welcome that these organizations have, have got a, a stake in it all, even if it is financial, it, it's, it's not a terrible thing to see, but it does make you wonder sometimes whether the event itself has perhaps lost its way. And the, the, the idea of it being corporate, as I say, that place like Manchester and, and that, that decides to charge, unlike Liverpool's, which is free to the public, it does make you wonder what the real purpose of the event is or, or, or have we lost that in some way? Which, do, do you feel as though the event itself, as someone who, who is younger in today's society seeing it, do you feel as though it's lost its way as an event? Um, I have to agree. I'm not the only one with this opinion. I have some friends, even within the Lidem Society and my university, who all agree that pride has lost its way. And this line of thought especially was brought on last week uh, when Liverpool Pride was being held. And I was looking at it and all the reports on it, like through Twitter and things like that, and social media platforms were local councils, you know, local companies, social brands, um, all telling other people to be prideful or to buy their things in order to celebrate pride and i feel like it has lost its way because it's not about it's not about a social movement it's not about any political message anymore like it used to be it has become more now 
you buy from other companies who would refuse to protect your interests in anywhere outside of Western Europe where it's socially acceptable to be gay. Uh, you attend these events, so the likes of political parties or local organizations can claim that they fully support you, they've got your back, but in reality, I feel like they are using it for their own advantage. So you're there to, what I find anyway, and this is my opinion, where you're going and for the most part getting drunk you're in a very overly sexualized atmosphere in many respects that's what i found when i was going there as a young teenager yeah and it's not about bringing people together anymore it's rather just a festival and in essence the actual pride of pride is just evaporated right i can agree with that in a lot of ways but what we find a lot of the time these days with Pride events is that we've reached a point, perhaps arguably in the Western Hemisphere, where you're preaching to the converted. At one time when this was all very much in need, I mean, Liverpool's first Pride, believe it or not, was 1979, although there was a hiatus for quite a while, so it came back in 2010. But it was about making the, uh, the community seen, but giving it um, a platform, making sure people were accepting and respectful and understanding. But you might argue that in the last 30 years, we've, we've done that to a massive degree. What, what, what would your thoughts be on that? I do think there is a place for pride in society today, but not in its current iteration, the one that we see. I personally, like I, I think I've already established that I want a quiet life. I don't really want to be loud and proud. Like the fact that I am gay is the least interesting part of my personality. Like you said, like I'm secretary of the Lib Dem Society. I'm interested in politics. I'm interested in Liverpool itself as a city. All these things make up me. My sexuality does not. To have that, you know, told to me by other organizations, by activists, that this should matter to me, that this is like a very, very important part of who I am. I, I It's not. Maybe, mm. like you said, 30 years ago, when it was very taboo to even come out. Now I don't even want to come out. I, I, I've never wanted to come out to my family. It just, if it happens, it happens. That's my mindset. Yeah, that's that's all I that's can really true. say on it. Like, <laughs> I just want to have, like, I just want to have a quiet experience. And I think Pride, and again, not sounding prudish, it is a very sexual event, and you're trying to encourage people to be okay with gay people. And we have got to a point where it is mostly socially acceptable, other than the the idea that there are so, a few bigots. I mean, even last year there was homophobic attacks in Liverpool, even though these problems like that does still occur it is widely socially acceptable to be gay so we don't need to shove it in everyone's faces yes. all the time and it's similar to how you know you get off at the bus in queen square you walk through and there are obviously there's preachers there telling you to go to hell <laughs> you're going to go to hell if you don't you know follow their beliefs and i feel like to some extent and this might be a bit out there that the LGBT community is becoming that to some extent where we are pushing in everyone's faces. You've got to think this, you've got to think that, you've got to be okay with this, you've got to be okay with that. And not everyone is okay with that. People just would rather us just, just be normal people. We don't have to be unique. We don't have to be separate from the rest of society. We can just integrate, be normal. There are some people we speak to who give the, give the comment that, you know, and, and we're both part of the LGBT community, so it's not in our interest to to sort of talk down or, or, or overly criticize our own community. But I think it's important that we do have reflection on what our community does and prides and an aspect of that, because it does feel like at times that the whole message behind the LGBT community is that as we become more accepted, some of the older ideas about the enemy that the LGBTQ world has become more entrenched in it when really it's probably not even there and, or it's not as hard as it was 30 years ago. And, and 
There's probably a danger that we expect everyone to be incredibly tolerant of us in every possible way, but then we seem to have no capacity to be tolerant of anybody else, whether based on faith, religion, or personal point of view. It doesn't mean you have to agree with them. It certainly does not mean that you have to tolerate any violence or, or aggression from them. This idea that our perspective is fundamentally the right one and anyone who has a different one should be vilified or slammed, I think it doesn't help either side to have that kind of angle. I think you have to understand there's people out there you always disagree with or won't like what you are. And rather than getting twisted up and, as you say, berate them or scream at them or shout in their faces, instead of doing that, it's just like, just just walk on back. As long as they're not hurting you, just just, just stay away. And I think, like, I'll take, for example, um, I'll come back to the fact that I worked with Pride in London and they asked me to do their logo. And I'd been rolled out in a lot of places. I'd walk into Starbucks, it'd be on the door or go into a bar, it'd be on the, 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 the lager pump. The logo of the event had become very commercialized. But today, their branding's changed. I'm not involved anymore. And now it's a fist in the air. Now, my brief when I first worked with them was to create a logo and branding, which was about inviting the city in. So it was a London skyline, mm. lots of confetti around it, all different colors. It was about inviting everyone from every walk of life, gay, straight, black, white, Indian, Mexican. It doesn't matter where you're from, what your color was, gender, didn't matter. It was about one citywide event that everyone was welcome. Now it seems to take on a more of a, a protest vibe. And it just, for me, seems like the first stage of Pride was to become something which was about raising awareness, fighting inequality and prejudice when it was very real. Then it became something, a commercial float, literally, <laughs> going down every major city's um, high street each year. Mm. Now it's becoming something of a, of a process weapon. And it all feels like a, a movement that's running out of ground because it should really be taking its efforts, would you say, elsewhere in the world? Because you did mention, you know, other countries that are less tolerant. Do you think perhaps pride is in the wrong place? Well, I I was obviously born in 2001. So I've grew up in a period where, you know, gay, being gay was more acceptable, especially during the 2010s when I reached my teenage years. It was very much more acceptable to be gay. And I've not exactly experienced homophobia, which I'm very fortunate to not have. Um, I've not experienced very open homophobia as other people have. Maybe my opinion is obviously influenced by that. But I feel like we take for granted in the West, especially in the UK, in America, in Ireland, anywhere really in the West, we take for granted the fact that we have these privileges, we have these rights. What pride should be about is one, protecting them, not rubbing it in other people's faces, which is what it seems to be. It should be protecting, you know, the right to equal marriage, the right to adopt the child, the banning of conversion therapy, which we've only just done, mind you, in the UK. we That's what Pride should be about, is protecting these interests and also standing up for people in you know, the Middle East, in Africa, in Asia, where these beliefs are not as tolerated, where being gay is punishable by death, essentially, or life yes. imprisonment. And we don't really focus on that in Pride. We focus on celebrating who we are as people, which I don't understand celebrating. And this could be me um, celebrating the fact that I was born something that I cannot control. I don't yeah. see any point in being prideful in that. But again, I'm very privileged to be from the West. So what I think Pride should be is being activists for these people in more deprived countries that are less tolerant of the fact that people are just, you know, gay, the fact that people are lesbians, the fact that people are transgender. Mm -hmm. Like, we need to stand up for these people because they can't do it for themselves. And in Europe, we're even seeing a massive rollback of LGBT rights and privileges in Poland, in Hungary. I mean, there are certain parts of Poland you cannot even go if you're gay, which I don't understand how they're going to enforce that. But the, the idea itself is ridiculous. Why do you think that is? Why do you think there's suddenly an explosion? 
We've got Orban in, in Hungary and, and other leaders. Why is there suddenly a, a, a major pushback? Do, do you think it's because LGBTQ issues and particularly the trans movement, which is much louder than the rest of the of the um, the alphabet we've now got as a community? And what why would you think perhaps that in the face of of all this change in the LGBT community and, and, and everything else, that these particular countries are now pushing back? Do you think we've gone too far? Do you think we're we're being too intrusive? Do you think our community is not wanting a quiet life by any stretch of the imagination, but wanting to very much shelf on the rooftops a little bit too much? Would you say that was an argument or is that perhaps too conservative a thought? I wouldn't necessarily say it's conservative. We as, as gay and lesbian people, our issues are we're, we're quite straight to the point. Like we want the right to be with, you know, our partners without anyone objecting to that. And with the trans issue, it's obviously a lot more complex. And in the last couple years, there have been tons and tons of additions to the alphabet of the LGBT yeah. community. And I think people, because it's happening so quickly, there's obviously going to be a pushback to that because you're telling people to change their entire mindset of how they speak the language with pronouns, um, how people may not present as a bio, as a trans man or a trans woman, but still identify as a trans man or trans woman. Yes. So people need to wrap their minds around that and to tell people, you've got to think this, you've got to think that, and you cannot object to that in any way is rather harmful. And obviously yes, that will yeah. lead to some kind of pushback. Of course. I mean, it's everyone has the right to to be who they want to be ultimately but there's always going to be a reaction to that what we tend to find watching this is that a lot of the time with certain movements in our community is that we we demand respect these days respect has to be something which you mutually earn between yourselves as a society it feels ever more like if we demand certain quarters of the world to to do as we do or to think as we think that then if they don't comply with that gives us the right to cancel them to attack them to scream in their faces and i think it feels very hypocritical given, well, hang on, we're expecting them to understand and adapt to everything we're demanding of them, yet we have zero tolerance for their perspectives. Now, you might not, you might totally disagree with what they think, but we have to get back to some sort of real, realistic position where, yes, we want to gently and over time persuade people, persuade, not demand and, and you know order people, but persuade them to see our perspective. And when it comes to, I mean, I know trans is a very, very complicated subject. I have plenty of trans, trans uh, friends and and people who are non-binary and identify uh, in, in less conventional ways, mm. should we say. Um, and that's their right to do that. And, and you do your best to, to respect their, their pronouns and work around it. But at the same time, and this is and some people do, but they have to then respect that a lot of people will take time to adjust to that. Teachers have this issue in schools. I mean, there's a lot of teachers with their wrist slap for mis, misgendering, or, or I think the phrase is. So sometimes it feels as though as a community, we've got a lot of excesses right now. Pride being one of them. I think we've come back to that. Pride has started out as something where, you know, it was about fighting back against what was probably a very real and unnecessary aggression that hom homosexuality and, and, and the LGBT community as a whole were on the receiving end of. And now we've got to a point in time, because I'm, I'm 39. I mean, I've, I've never experienced homophobia, at least not directly. It may have affected me in the workplace. It may have affected me in different ways. But I, th I think, and, and so I first started going out in, Christ, I mean, how far back are we going now? I'm not, I'm not older or anything, but, you know, it's, it's, it's older than you. Um, but I'm talking like, I don't know, 2003 or four or something. And, and even then, you're always going to get the odd moron who, who is either usually closeted themselves or just has got a real strange aggression towards. Yeah, you're always going to understand. find a bigot no matter what you do. Yes, of course. It's not even yeah. limited to LGBT issues. You will always find someone who will have an issue with you. Of no course, but that's a, that's life, and I think there's a danger that in the pursuit, and this goes on a lot of topics that are out there right now that are quite hot in terms of demanding change. I think there's never going to come a point in history where you can force everyone to agree with you. So you have to find a way to 
coexist and not and not make everything about what defines you about this perpetual fight with, with something that you can never really eradicate it's just about yeah. finding a balance i would say i mean w- would you agree with that or do you think perhaps we should in some other guys than what pride is currently is carry on fighting in this country as well as elsewhere for, for gay rights think it needs that i mean i'm in many ways socially liberal i personally think that we need to we need to find a balance as lgbt we've got every right to express you know who we are We've got every right to express our opinions on that, whether you're radical or more reserved on it. But at the same time, anyone who disagrees with us or disagrees with the narrative, LGBT or not, should also have every right to express that belief, should have every Mm. right to say that they don't agree with that. They might not be homophobic, but they might just disagree with something like, I mean, in personal experience, I've disliked having to go to LGBT societies and immediately announce my pronouns because that's just not something that's relevant to me, but I understand people who it is relative to. And they have every right to like tell me if they have got a different pronouns and I will be as respectful as I can. But obviously I don't agree that everyone should have to announce that what their pronouns are, yes. for instance. Yeah, so it should be a two-way street. I mean, if, if I think what's missing with a lot of the LGBTQ message and, and this, I mean, I know we're meant to be talking about pride itself, but this is all relevant. I think it comes back to the idea that are we too demanding in what we expect these days? For me, when I was growing up, seeing people from the LGBT community world, whether it was gay men on TV or or lesbian relationships or, you know, Brookside Kiss right through to Queer as Folk, it was about dramas and, and narratives which show that being gay doesn't mean you're some alien. You're just the same as everybody else, just happens to sleep with a man. If you're a man or a woman, whatever your whatever your relationship status was, it was just to say, look, we're not we're normal, we're normal in the sense that we're not something you should be afraid of, threatened by, or or wary of. Now I feel as though it's about trying to make for some people trying to make the heterosexual world feel like they're the odd ones out, <laughs> they're, they're the ones who should be uncomfortable, nervous, yeah. And, and there's an undercurrent of you know you're being far too demanding of them, far too um, aggressive. This is meant to be about softly. With anything, you can't, you will never, ever, in my view at least, bring people on side if you perpetually bark at them about what your pronoun is, your your perspective on, on, on same-sex relationships, whatever it is. It's about, and in a way, pride kind of reflects that perspective because it was a celebration. At least it was at one point. Yeah. And it is, it is to some degree still a celebration, but there's an undercurrent of banner-waving, aggression, protest marching, which might have been very, very relevant 30, 40 years ago. But you have to argue, do we need that kind of aggression or kind of angle now, do you think? Uh, In many ways, we actually can bring it on ourselves Mm -hmm. a little bit. In terms of not saying people directly, I'm talking about like, like, for instance, the corporate media, the... um, the people who produce television or movies, they are pushing in narratives because it's interesting that you brought up the media point. There are certain like shows that do not express LGBT people in a very good light and that's being forced onto people and of course they're going to reject that. Like even my own uh, nan disagrees with it always being in your face and I agree with that to some extent. There is good representation and then there's over-representation. Yes. Because at the end yeah. of the day, we are very, a very small community. In re- like in recent years, there's been really good shows that have come out, like Heartstopper, which has just come out this year, which just yes. depicts a normal romance. Nothing over the top. Or there is Love, Simon, which many people do have a bit of an issue with. I'm personally a fan of Love, Simon. But yeah, people bashed... <sighs> I'm trying to think of the actor's name now. He's Tom Robinson. Just... Because yeah. he's heterosexual, playing a homosexual character, which I thought was ridiculous because yes. it's showing that it's okay to do that. He's an actor. He's 
acting and he played a good part and even in love simon there was a good scene where i think it was whitney houston playing everyone was dancing with pride flags everywhere and simon just stopped and said no that's just not him he just wanted a quiet life and i I felt more represented by that than most things in the corporate media because even this year we had channel four with their um Pride advert being just so over the top and like encouraging you to just be prideful with and it was very you know camp and I just personally just didn't relate to that I found it more alienating to yes. see that yeah um with just talking about making it difficult for heterosexual people my my best friend's heterosexual he's a you know he's a straight man from Crocky and we get on like great but people find it weird that we are friends because he's a straight man and I'm a gay man because they automatically assume that I ever am attracted to him or he's just closeted or something. Yes. And yeah. it it's like I always see in like amongst people of my generation now all jokes and memes of, oh, gay men and straight men cannot get along. They cannot be friends. Oh, straight boys, disgusting. You know, that kind of thing. Yes. And, you know, again, my best friend's gay. Uh, sorry. <laughs> my best friend is you know, <laughs> a straight Freud, man. Freud and Slip there. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I know. I get. I, you probably I get hate, that. He's going to kill me for that. <laughs> we'll cut that bit off. Um, no, you. I know what you mean. I mean, there's there's a lot of expectation on on. First of all, there's there's the stereotypes, and we have to keep remembering that pride and the involvement of of culture wide. I think for the large part, it comes from a positive place. I just think it's getting quite garbled yeah. now because we've reached a point where it's saturated. It's become something where I just thought by now, gay pride will have instead of becoming this juggernaut of what seems to be headed by an aggressive aspect of the LGBT community or increasingly aggressive in in how it demands and, and is, is filtering into all parts of life. I'd have thought by now it would have been much more about fading into the background, becoming less relevant, as, re- as relevant as whether your hair is blonde or red or black haired or whatever. Just who you sleep with is irrelevant. Instead, I think we might have reached that high point at some point a few years ago. And now we've kind of gone in a different direction. Sort of pendulum's gone too far the other way and we're becoming quite almost adversarial at some times between the conventional heterosexual culture being, being you know, we're making demands of them to change and bend particularly from the trans angle and, and the, and the, um, the issue of, of, of gender identity and, and pronouns and everything else. So I think mm-hmm. mentioning what Yanan said about being in, in her face a lot, we, we, as a, as a gay man, I, I also see things on Netflix. I do, when I see whole sections written just for gay men and women and films and adverts and TV, where it's, it's ever more present. I'm like, whilst it's great to see that, it's like, we are still a very small part of society. And I think if you perpetually feel the need to show show society or be seen, this isn't another danger that the wider society will just feel a bit browbeaten, a little bit like, oh, Christ, not again. Oh, here we go again. Because they themselves will feel like they're constantly being seen less or they feel like they can't identify less of what they're watching. So it's 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 a strange one to balance because you want everyone to feel like they are seen and represented. But yes, I think there is a danger that we could become over-represented. Um, I mean, some might argue a lot with that but then there are some people in society who will never be happy no matter how much progress we have but that that, that's that's definitely a fair point but if there was much less representation on tv if there was no pride event if yeah society was largely okay with with who you are or who i am would that be a society you think that would be more cohesive or do you think there'd still be a need for something like pride to ensure that People remember that you know we're human beings and we're not just targets of personal fear or, or religious angles on what we do well, with the um the idea of representation, I feel like we've reached a point where like we need to move away now from labeling, you know, like LGBT categories on Netflix or having things labeled as, as a gay show. It just have to be like, you know, a normal romance. And don't show it in everyone's faces, at least have a good written story. 
Yes, yeah, um, I think there's a danger of that. Yeah. Talking about my nan, like she's not homophobic whatsoever. She, she knows who I am. She completely accepts me for that. But she just doesn't see the point of things shoved in her face. And that applies yes. to, you know, straight sex scenes, for instance. She just doesn't want it shoved in her face all the time. Yes, um, yes. That's an interesting point. It comes back to this idea that just because somebody is critical of one yeah. person or another doesn't mean they're misogynistic, racist, homophobic, anti-trans. It's about understanding that people can still be critical of you. And you can, and I'm part of the community and I'm critical of, of what we do. We have to mm-hmm. be to ensure that we don't lose our way. And correct me, if you if you believe your your group movement or, or, or community um, or city, because we very much about yeah. that Liverpoolitan, is infallible and can't make any mistakes and 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 is is you know on the right side of everything then you can't grow and, and i think there's a danger sometimes that we slam or label people too much when we should really be listening to each other um not just demanding that everyone listens to us would you agree well yeah there's been open debate on everything really everything is ca- ca- anything can be criticized and we should allow it we should we should encourage open conversation on on fragile issues whether it's lgbt whether it's you know liverpool as a city whether it's well any anything is up for debate and mm. we should encourage an open conversation it's the only way we can move forward and linking back to what i said about like people now in the west we grow up in privilege of being gay and being for the most part accepted by society we have never really experienced, or young people have never really experienced a struggle. Mm. We've never experienced fighting for rights. We just take them for granted. We just have them. Yes. So when there's nothing to fight for, things just do get out of hand. Yes. Uh, people just think any, anything could be an issue. Anyone discussing, anyone disagreeing with your opinion can become a massive, you know, homophobic, transphobic, anything phobic issue. Okay, based on what you've just said, do you think perhaps that because we saw this with with Stonewall, who've who've led very much into the trans rights argument, for, yeah. Because some argue that's because they've got very little, if anything, left to do on when, with regards to fighting for gay men and women. I mean, we've become conventional almost, haven't we, in terms of the LGBTQ world? So, do you think that there's there's a there's a problem that because it's so corporate, because it is a juggernaut of industries, jobs, and careers based on the idea of fighting something? Once that fight is gone. Do you think some of these groups are perhaps just drunk on empowerment and drunk on on the years and years of progress and don't quite know where to go next? And that's somehow translated into a more overt, a more aggressive, confrontational, or just almost like a spoiled child, really, making demands for one thing or another? Or do you think that's a totally wrong interpretation and we have to keep on fighting? I feel there are things we do need to keep on fighting for, but for the most part, especially in like, you know, the corporate age of pride, uh, we've got to a point where especially for gays and lesbians and bisexual people, our rights have, you know, we've got them. We we have a right, you know, co- um, cohabitate with other same-sex partners. We have a right to not be chemically castrated or thrown in prison. Yes. Um, we can adopt children. We can get married. We've got to a point now where we as gays and lesbians have these rights. We have these privileges. There are issues with trans issues. And obviously, because we're a community, we get lumped in together. And the trans narrative is going rather extreme in some respects, but some of it is understandable. And we need to like look we need to look out for people in the trans community. But at the same time, That's... when certain activists hijack organizations like Stonewall or hijack certain media outlets and they get they're the ones who get, you know, put on the news as spokespersons of our community, what they say can harm gays and lesbians because they are in the same community. So we're wor- so you'd worry that if certain activists 
in the trans or non-binary communities, they push for something that other people reject. We as gays and lesbians could also see our rights be pushed back. We can see people more disagreeing with us because we all get seen as, you know, the same community. We get to see as the same people. Yes, I mean, it's an interesting debate. I mean, if, if, if as a community we have aspects which are perhaps too confrontational, it, it can maybe our impact in time, the rest of us in terms of our rights, or, or, or as, as we're seeing perhaps across Europe and some places, give bad players an excuse to sort of roll back rights and, and to use things that are going on elsewhere as an excuse to create us some sense of moral panic. But, um, mm-hmm. but it is, it is a very meeting. celebrities recently jumping onto like the non-binary bandwagon in terms of like, you got Demi Lovato or oh, uh, yes, I think yes. Sam Smith. Like out of nowhere, as soon as this becomes a thing, they jump on it. And it's also it comes across a little bit as are you being genuine or are you trying to sell me something? Well, they have because... to sell records, don't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> people talk about it once and then never again. Yes. And it kind of comes across a little bit like just because we were born gay, you'd not you need to stop seeing us as like a market. We basically got into a point where you know, celebrities can easily jump onto the LGBT bandwagon, especially with non-binary, because you don't really have to present as anything. You just are, in many mm. respects. You can just be non-binary, and you've got celebrities like Demi Lovato, Sam Smith, and you look at it like, are you genuine? Are you genuinely feeling, you know, gender dysphoric, or are you just trying to sell me something? The LGBT community, like, says, oh, you could need to buy from LGBT artists. You know, you need to support them. And we've got brands like Calvin Klein putting pride flags and LGBT adverts all over the place during June and, you know, disappears right after. Or you've got local train companies saying, you know, use our trains to get to pride. And it just becomes (laughs) a little bit too much. And you feel like you're born to be marketed at. Yes. Or become a commodity yourself. I mean, it it is. Yeah. It is odd that, and again, it comes from, I guess people are well-intentioned and businesses yeah. have to make money. And this, this is, I mean, Liverpool is, is not by any means, as long as it's moral, anti-business. So we understand that for them to make this, they can't just support and give cash over and not want to see some sort of return. But I think there's a there's a way of, of moderating it or, or keeping it a little bit more subtle. Nowadays, it is very much sort of a, a carnival and, and where you've got to have, you know, mm-hmm. the whole shebang, face paints and flags hanging off every orifice. And it's just... I don't know. It, it just, and, and I'm saying that someone in my thirties or in your twenties, it's not about being someone in our sixties or seventies or someone who might perhaps be well beyond this type of event or feel it's, it's inappropriate for them. It's all about relatively young people or young people seeing it as something which perhaps doesn't really represent where gay culture has got, not because it's bad, pride is a bad thing, but that it simply isn't evolving in the way it should. And it might, maybe it's become, a, maybe it's at a crossroads where it needs to look at itself and go, is a carnival with floats and parades drenched in corporate money, hijacked by the odd protests, demanding everyone paints up? And it, it, is this where pride should be, or should we be pivoting more towards a more integrated aspect of culture? And it's there'll be massive arguments on either side of that. But just to round off, I mean, if you could, if you were, if you managed Liverpool Pride, if it was, if it was something that you were given the role to do, how how do you think you would change gay pride in Liverpool specifically? Well, I know the. The politics of everything isn't for everyone. I'm biased because obviously I'm a politics and international relations student at the LSE and I'm the secretary of the Lib Dem Society there. I le- I lean towards the political side, just genuinely. I'd, re- I'd like to see actual events where people talk about, you know, the struggles of people in the Middle East, in Africa, in Asia, even in Europe, in Poland and Hungary, people are having their rights stripped away or they're non-existent in the first place. I'd like 
people to learn about their history where you learn about like lesbians and the gay support the minors you learn about alan turning you know prominent people who happen to be from our community its predecessors we don't remember them we, don't, we remember them we don't take them for granted i'd like a pride where you could find a balance because i know politics isn't for everyone i know not everyone wants to go and have you know a march for securing people's rights or anything like that they just want to go and have fun express who they are they want to have the festival experience so to speak um they want to put the pride flags on they want to just celebrate who they are and that's completely fine like i'm not against that i'm just think we need to find a balance and i'm sure you could agree with me here that we we can find this balance between the political and just having fun i think this should there's every excuse to celebrate and have fun but certainly as you say have a much bigger nod to the history and and, and how we've mm. arrived here and raise awareness of how you know it's all been worth it it's, yeah but it's, a, it's an event for everyone of every walk of life and that's what yes. it should be and it should yes. be an opportunity to educate and raise awareness yes which yeah. i just feel like it's not doing anymore that's a fair point okay well thank you ethan for chatting to us today um interesting yeah i really enjoyed it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, well, I found it really interesting to hear your point of view as well. As ever, we invite other people's opinions and hopefully after this podcast, people will let us know how they feel. But um, mm -hmm. to make sure you don't miss out on any future episodes, subscribe to our YouTube channel or you can find us on Amazon Podcast and RSS.com. You can also read our regular feature articles and short reads at www.liverpolitan.co.uk and engage in our lively debate on Liverpool's future by following us on Twitter at Liverpolitans. Mm -hmm.